You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 126. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six- and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. I don't know about you, but some of the content that I'm scrolling past these days on socials or that I'm receiving in my inbox from newsletters that I signed up for It just sucks. There's no thought going into it, or even worse, I've now witnessed people taking other people's copy and trying to pretend that it's their own. I know it's hard to create fresh content. I know it's hard to get those ideas flowing. I get it. I used to be one of Australia's leading parenting influencers. I was signed with Netflix and Woolies, and I worked with international hotel chains like uh, Club Med and the Hilton and a variety of others. I get it. Creating quality content can be tricky at the beginning, but the more I created quality content and understood how I could do it in an effective and efficient way, the easier it became. Content that would eventually stop people in their feed. This type of content that I would create was also getting people engaging with me, with my brand and inevitably making me more money. And that's why today I'm super excited to bring on Jane Anderson, who's going to talk with us about content creation, specifically catalyst content. We're, we're going to dive deep into, you know, the understanding and the importance of creating world-class content that cuts through the noise and leads your tribe, and therefore leveraging that content to amplify your brand, your business, and your revenue. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about what is Catalyst content, why is it important, and Jane is also going to share with us her three top things that you can do right now to create amazing content that cuts the noise and helps build your business and brand. So sit back and get ready for an amazing, amazing episode with Jane Anderson and I. But before we hop into this awesome episode, I'd like to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my 12-month Accelerator Action Takers Mastermind for Women in Business. Applications are now open for 20 women and 20 women only to join me in 2021 for my 12-month online and in-person experience designed to get your business to the next level, to help you create those five-figure months and on the six- and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. The Action Takers Mastermind helps owners like you to get clarity on what and where to put your focus. It helps to give you genuine information on what's possible and what works and what's a waste of your time. The Mastermind is helpful with giving you feedback on your ideas, giving you different perspectives on your skills and your talents, introducing you to new clients and legs up to new opportunities, while at the same time giving you access to a community of people who understand and care about what you do and so much more. During the 12-month Action Takers Mastermind, you're going to get one-on-one strategy sessions with me. You're going to get emergency calls with me when things start to go down in your business. You're going to get hot seat calls. You're going to get implementation and co-working sessions. You're going to get 12-month access to our private Facebook community, access to other mentors. I've got 11 other mentors that you're going to be able to also access, and not to mention two live events on the Gold Coast Australia, hashtag if COVID allows it to happen. If not, it will be on Zoom like we did this year. 
sound like my 12-month action takers accelerator mastermind might be what you need to get your business to the next level and make 2021 amazing, make sure you head to AngelaHenderson.com.au, click on mastermind and join now or aka you're going to have to apply first. We'll then hop onto a discovery call and then just make sure that we're the right fit. So apply now at AngelaHenderson.com.au and make sure to click on mastermind. All right, now let's get into this amazing, amazing episode. Welcome to the show, Jane. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to have you here. It's been one of those things that I was like, I feel like I have known you for a very, very long time. But in (laughs) fact, this is the first time that we've actually met, met. Uh, You know, we've got a lot of mutual friends. We live very close together, uh, but we've never actually hung out. So we've actually just spent the last, I think, almost 40 minutes talking before we actually hit record. Uh, Again, the beauty (laughs) of podcasting and meeting good people is you can just pick up as if you guys have known each other for a very long time. I know, isn't it amazing? You see people coming through your feed and read their posts and blogs. And I mean, that's the power of what we're going to be talking about today anyway, is that, you know, it really does make you feel like you already know them anyway. So you sort of get that sense that you're a good fit to hang out together. (laughs) Exactly right. And again, obviously COVID, as we were talking about, there's so much stuff that's going on virtually, but it will be good. We'll have to arrange doing one of these days for us to connect in real life. Absolutely. So, so Jane, one of the things I always like to do is I always like to ask my guests a fun question so that they get the opportunity to get to know you a little bit before we hop into the business side of things. And I know you recently just welcomed to your home a brand new puppy, again, a British bulldog puppy. Again, we've got a lot of already common and we also both love the color pink. And so my question to you is, is what's the best trick that you've taught that brand new puppy of yours? Uh, Um. Well, one of the goals that I had when I was growing up as a kid, I used to do a lot of roller skating and skateboarding and probably mm-hmm. not as much now. Uh, and one of the things that was a bit of a goal that I said, I'd watched all these bulldogs, you know, like, and you have one as well now. Yes. Very oh, exciting yes. with a little ungrateful. Um, <laughs> so yeah. um, because of their their stature and the way their, their body moves and their centre of gravity, um, you know, I'd always seen these videos of people with bulldogs that could teach their bulldogs how to ride a skateboard. And I was like, I would love to do that. That's an amazing goal to have. And um, so, yeah, so I got a little puppy skateboard. And, uh, <laughs> and so we've started. And so he knows how to ride that, except now he's a bit big for it. So I had to upgrade to this this flash skateboard. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe <laughs> this skateboard. So, um, but he absolutely loves it. Like just cries if I have to go and put it away. He could just play with that skateboard. So we are in the process of, we've nearly got four feet on. Uh-huh. He keeps jumping to four feet. So we definitely got the two paws and he can push himself. Um, but now we're almost at four paws, but it just takes, every, as everything does, consistency, practice, uh-huh. commitment, and lots of treats. Lots of treats. Gosh, you'd have to do to me. But again, once he, once he gets the hang of it, he'd just be able to rock and roll. And bulldogs, I mean, listen, they're the cutest little things. I know lots of people say they're ugly, but it's like I saw when you got yours and that I was like, I was like, oh, we're so close to getting our yep. uh, little British bulldog grateful. And again, as we were talking about pre-recording, they are so uh, what such a wonderful addition. But I would be lying and saying if they aren't hard work, you know, as a business owner, hard work. <laughs> so if you're out there, know that you're going to get a lot of gratitude from them, but just be prepared. They, they again, they're going hard work but again that little smile and those little wrinkles you know keep me going every single day 
Yeah, we'll Jane, have to do a doggy doggy date. Oh, good, yeah, one hundred percent. Like, I would be up for that. I think they even have like a Brisbane British Bulldog they like, do. meetup. So yeah, well, we should totally go yeah. and take the dogs. That so yeah. fun, and we can talk about business while we're there because we were talking about before we press record that actually owning a dog is a lot like having a business. And so uh, I'm going to do a post about that later. But yes, it's we could talk about a variety of things. Yeah, so Jane, absolutely. listen, I've been following you for a few years now, and I know you've done some amazing things in the business realm. You know, you've worked with Virgin. Uh, Australia, you've worked with Lego, you've worked with Ikea, Ria Tinto, and a variety of others. Um, And my thing is, is I know you've also been voted in the top three branding experts globally, which is just phenomenal. So can you tell us a little bit about you, how you got started in business, where you were and where you're at Mm. now? Yeah, um, sure. So I guess growing up, uh, I grew up in country, New South Wales, and so I'm in Brisbane now, but I was fortunate enough really early in my career to work uh, for a family called the Mathers family. So while I was going to school, I worked for, um, and if you're in Australia and you may have come across the Mathers shoes family, if you were forced to wear Clark's school shoes, maybe (laughs) you had to go and get your school shoes fitted. Um, But I was really lucky to work for them. I worked for the family for 15 years and Sir Robert Mathers was, you know, the head of the family and Mm -hmm. knighted by the Queen. Um, And what I really learnt from working with them, and I went on to work with Tracy Mathers, who's his eldest daughter. So, yeah, worked with the family for a really long time. And what I learnt from working with them from a really young age, and this was long before social media or anything like that, the value of your reputation, your Mm -hmm. name, and um, your sense of community and how you um and how you run a business so uh after working with them I went on to work in government I worked for large organizations I ran the training and development teams for an organization with around 10,000 people um and then after a while decided that I'd always known I actually knew that I would always have my own business from when I was a young child Mm -hmm. I knew when I was from when I was about 10 um and but uh just needed to sort of get to a point where it was the right time for me to do that um, so started my my uh, business part-time. I was working full-time and, you know, seeing clients. I just started coaching people on Monday nights, Thursday nights and Saturday mornings. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> you know, working crazy hours for a year. And it was sort of that accelerator clutch thing, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really started in the career space and working with people from in the leadership space and working with CEOs or executives and helping them with uh, where it started was a lot of global mobility and writing LinkedIn profiles for people Um, because back then LinkedIn was a big global thing, not so much in Australia at the time. Um, And then from there went on to really work in personal branding, content creation and um, and now that space around um, helping people with, you know, tribe building and content creation off the back of their personal brand. And so content obviously has had a, it's been in your world for a very long time. Did you always know it as content or did it, was that something that you had to kind of embrace throughout those you know years of being in business? Yeah, good question. When I started my business, which was, as I said, way back, you know, over 10 years ago now and part time 11, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that. Um, I just, I remember thinking um, because of my retail days, I understood the value of a database and mm-hmm. I understood the value of um because back in retail days my job was to go in and improve the revenue of the stores I was an area manager and my average um typically when I went into a store I generally double the revenue of a store within 12 months Mm -hmm. so what that came back to was the value of communicating with a database and knowing your customers really well 
Um, so when I started my business, it just felt like a natural progression to me to make sure I have a list and make sure I blog mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or have some kind of communication. Now, I wasn't selling shoes, and uh, but I had to educate my audience. So I think being an educator and a trainer and facilitator um, as well as a background in retailing was really the start of just making sure I was somehow communicating with people each week. I didn't really know what I was doing, um, but it was just I, I knew it worked in a different context. Um, and as a result, then went on and just started to to write and started to get more followers and started to get a lot of um, traffic to the blog and then started to understand a little bit more about the value of communicating with customers and, and not just waiting to be found and I like how you've reframed it there is I think a lot of times people that I know what I work with are like content it's just writing this or it's just doing this but you've beautifully been able to marry that up with it's communicating really do you know what I mean and and that content can be delivered in a variety of communication ways and I'm sure we'll talk about that later on but for the purposes of this I really want to hone in on kind of uh a term that you, term you may have coined or a term that you may have heard, but that catalyst content. So just mm. so that we all have kind of have a baseline for those listeners out there, can you just describe the difference between content and catalyst content? Yeah. So if you look at the content creation world, where it's come from. So if we said, if you look at content creation in terms of um, social media content, videos, written blogs, newsletters, um, all that sort of stuff, videos, YouTube, all that is content. If you look at where, where, what a standard piece of content might be is that that could be anything from a cat video to, um, you know, something that's a branded piece of content, something that's something like, um, you know, a, a story. It could be a how-to guide. Um, and so being able to work out, well, what is the difference between content and catalyst content? In my opinion is catalyst content is really about content that drives positive change. So in other words, you're trying to create a positive impact and to be able to lead a conversation. Um, so for example, at the moment, I'm, I don't only work with small business owners, but my particular space is working with thought leaders and really around the space of thought leadership marketing using content. But equally, if you're a leader within an organisation at the moment, I'm working with a global multinational, we've got the entire C-suite and executive team all creating content on their on, um, Facebook workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to drive change and going through business transformation. So we all have the need to do this and get cut through. The key thing that's happening at the moment, if you look at um, back in 2015, the content creation industry was a two, uh, was $150 billion industry. Mm-hmm. Next year it will be a $421 billion industry. So mm-hmm. it's not wow. going yep. big jump. The different, the key thing is what happens when you've got this massive drive around demand for content and people consuming content, the average person's in, you know, on social media consuming stuff over two hours a day. Mm-hmm. The issue that happens is that people start outsourcing that. They go, I'll just get someone in, someone offshore, I'll buy my $5 an article thing and throw it up on the website. Mm-hmm. So the issue with that is that creates noise. It doesn't actually add value. And so it stops change. So the people that when I'm working with them, I go, but what I'm looking for is does your con- is your content catalyst content? Does it actually drive a change? Mm-hmm. And um, that means whether it's you're trying to highlight issues, whether you're trying to lead organisations, whatever it might be. Um, so it's really about trying to work out 
Uh, I love, you know, Seth Godin says that content marketing is the only content, is the only marketing that's left. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anne Handley, who wrote the book um, Everybody Writes, New York Times bestseller, she says the world doesn't need more content. It needs better content. Mm-hmm. And I reckon she's right. I agree. And it kind of reminds me of another book of Seth Godin's is The Purple Cow. I reference mm. it regularly, right? Is you know, he's driving along in France and he sees these brown and black cows and white cows, and all of a sudden he sees the purple cow. And he talks about your business collectively, right? Because mm. things are so noisy in this yeah. particular space of the online space that we live in. Um, is that what are you doing to become the purple cow? Because the purple cow is going to be okay for at least a little while, right? Until people mm. get used to it again and it becomes part of the noise. And so do you think that with that catalyst? content is is it's not necessarily um creating hundreds of thousands of pieces of content but creating quality pieces of content that are going to be able to like you said help transform those individuals that are reading it make their life a little bit better and, and really start to disrupt the feed is that what you're looking for when you look at that catalyst content yes yeah, spot on so it's really looking at really defining what are the problems that people are having what are the challenges that they've got and um, which comes with deep empathy and compassion and understanding and then taking the time to really educate them. I think we've all got to, if, you know, you might say, well, I don't, I am in this type of business or we're a goods-based business. Well, guess what? We're all in the education business now. We all have to work out how are you, because if you're not educating your clients and not educating your customers, you're spamming them. <laughs> like. Yep. There's, that's about it. So mm-hmm. unless you have a way to stay connected to them, you can only do that if you're adding value and you're spot on is that if you're going to add value, then you need to make your, your, the value that you actually bring amplify. And the mm-hmm. only way you can do that is if you know how to educate your customer to help them to solve their problems. Mm-hmm. And that's the shift that's helping them to transform and create that catalyst and that change. I know for myself, like over the years with my first business, Finley and me, as I was one of the top influencers here in the parenting space, I was signed with Netflix, a variety of Mm -hmm. other brands. And the content that, again, it took me longer to write. I'm not going to lie about it. Okay. It took Mm -hmm. me longer because it was thought provoking. I had to, do you know what I mean, put uh, energy into understanding all of those pieces. But once you started to understand your audience better, it became like exercising a muscle. It became a little bit easier and a little bit easier and that the content didn't take as long to write. Yes. But but at the beginning it does because you feel like, oh my goodness, well, why can't I just throw the cat video up, right? Everyone else yeah. is doing it. Yeah. Um, so the cat video can do really well if there's a message yeah. and transformation behind that, right? That kind of tells yeah. a story. And once I learned to tell the stories that people wanted to hear is even today is yes, I mean, I'm not writing catalyst content all the time, but you can always tell when the catalyst content goes out because you have more people hitting reply to your email. You've got more people commenting. You've got more people going, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I'm thinking. And therefore I believe, and I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are, is when you've got that catalyst content and you do have the transformation is what you leave that digital imprint, that emotional imprint you leave from a branding and business point of view far outweighs what the competitors are doing. What are your thoughts? Oh, spot on. You know, it's the same as kind of what you were talking about with, you know, with dogs. Like, you know, it's like I can watch dogs riding skateboards till the cows come home. But 
um, you know, on a YouTube video or something like that. But we're all at a point at some stage, whether we're buying dogs, whether we're buying, whether we need help in a business, whether we need an accountant, whether we need whatever it might be, is at some point there's something that's a challenge for you and we're trying to find someone who we trust to help us with this problem. Mm-hmm. So in our case, we've been looking at having a dog, a bulldog for over a year. We'd looked at every blog, I've watched every YouTube video, but I really wanted a great breeder. And so as a result of looking at all that and this person's content and the blogs and all the information that they had is that, you know, that's a big deal for any family, big change. You want to make sure you're making the right decision. And so as a result, that built trust and as a result then being able to find, well, I think this person understands what I'm trying to get. This person is a good fit for us. This breeder is a good fit for us. And I think we're going to get a good product. But not just that, I'm going to feel supported. I'm going to feel like I can ask questions. I'm going to feel like I'm I've got a goal that I'm trying to achieve, but I'm going to do it well. So, but I need advice and I need someone we can trust who can help mm. us do this. So I think it's the same. Mm. So, so to kind of recap some of it, you've already talked about, but I'm curious to know a little bit more about the how and the why is it important for mm. businesses today to create this catalyst content? I know you talked about, again, that yeah. no like trust factor. Yeah. Um, also just the fact that, again, you need to be able to create the disruptive content so that, again, that you're leaving an impression. But I would also assume that from a revenue and profitability point of view, that when you create catalyst content, it's important for your business because it's going to impact growth. Is that true? Spot on. So if... Um, for example, so I'd say with the clients I work with, we put a value around each piece of content mm-hmm. to work out how much revenue it would actually drive if they optimise that piece of content to its potential. Mm-hmm. On average, each piece of content that I get people to create in the formula that I show them, um, in uh, we typically found that the average piece of content would generate somewhere between $5,000 and $10,000 in revenue. Mm-hmm. Now I've had pieces of content that have generated a lot more than that. Um, there's one piece that I've created, Expert to Influencers, generated over $2.5 million in revenue for my own practice. So it's um, so by creating it, you're, it's not just about content and throwing it up on a blog. What you're doing is you're creating the assets, particularly mm-hmm. when you have a knowledge-based business. If you don't have content, if you don't have IP, then you don't, you don't have assets built that can be leveraged. So you have to really look at this as in these are the assets that I am building for my business and I need to leverage them to their potential. So that's certainly the why if that's the space that you want to work in. Mm -hmm. Um, But even if you don't have a knowledge-based business, in your case it's about driving revenue and continuing to keep customers connected um, to what the value that you bring into the problems you solve. Mm -hmm. Um, Also. That conveyor belt, keeping them coming into your business. Because guess what? If you're not communicating with them, someone else is. All the time. And that's what, you know, Mm. when I talk about consistency is Mm. I'm here for the long term. Right. Yeah. And I get I get told often, and you're everywhere. Well, no, I choose particular platforms, you know, that Mm -hmm. I know my ideal client is on. I'm not actually on LinkedIn. People keep pushing me over there. I I just can't get over there. I don't know what it is, but it's not my space. (laughs) One day, maybe, but just not the moment. So I choose where my audience is sitting. Yeah. The the key thing that has been in 10 years of my business is I've still shown up daily consistently. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that I'm showing up live or posting that stuff organically. A lot of that is scheduled content. Yes. But we still have it that it's 
you know, and it's not all called catalyst content. Let me make, make that very clear. I'd say it's probably 70, 80% catalyst content. The rest is kind of, I call filler content. So yeah. it's like we're sharing a podcast or that, you know, there's still value there, but it hasn't gone yes. into hardcore catalyst content creation. Yes. Um, but that's the difference. So like, yeah, but you're everywhere. I'm like, uh, it will appear that I'm everywhere, but all we're doing is being consistent. How, yeah. how much do you think ca- creating catalyst content is one point, but how much of that is also around being con- creating consistent catalyst content and consistently showing up? Yeah, great. Um, so I, it, and it, it's probably in the context of a lot of social stuff you're saying. So um, I always think that people want to know that they're dealing with a human being, like they have something connect, some kind of connection to you. So it's not that catalyst content has to be every single piece of content that you put out. Like for example, um, and you're a great example of this is where you have some pieces of content that you go out where it is catalyst content, where it's about sharing the research, the stories, the metaphors, the reasons, the modeling that you need to use. Here's what you need to do to educate. If you're a small business owner, particularly female business owner, here's some things you need to think about. If we heard that from you every day, we'd probably start to get a bit bored, really. Uh, Yes. We go, oh, here's Angela with a teacher's hat on again. Um, So, but I want to hear that because I need to know that there's some substance behind you and that you can help me. But if I hear it every single day, then that gets a bit boring. What I do want to see is I want to see a balance and I still want to be able to see that you have a new puppy and you're on holidays and you have kids and, you know, you're back to school this week and you go, wow, like she's a human, she's just like me. So you still need that balance of human content or what I call personality content. So I think Mm -hmm. there's sort of three things. There's visibility, um, credibility and personality. So visibility Mm -hmm. is typically curated content. So you might share something that someone else has done. You say, hey, I saw this today. This is really interesting. Um, This links to what we're talking about at the moment. So that's, I would say, visibility. Um, Mm -hmm. Then there's other pieces, which is credibility, which is definitely the catalyst content type content. And the third part is personality content where I just am, I'm in part of your world and maybe you're hanging out at the beach today and that looks cool because that's kind of something I like doing too. And that is um, really connects you at a human level. And all, I mean, I go on the podcast, I talk a lot about human to human marketing and the experience and interaction one faces with a particular yes. brand. And sometimes you'll have the interaction, but you don't have the experience or other times you have the experience of the, the interaction and that yeah. personable content that you talk about, I think is so important. But often I hear business owners or women in business in particular say, my audience, surely they don't want to hear about this or they don't want to hear about that. Um, but I believe audiences do want to, us to share that behind they the do. scenes stuff. Now, I'm not saying if you're off doing tequila shots 80 times a day that that's necessarily <laughs> going to help you. Um, no. But again, that stuff that allows them to see you, like you said, as a human. Yeah. Um, and so how I mean, I think I know your answer, but how important do you think it is to have part of that catalyst content behind showing the scenes like you've kind of touched upon yeah. it, but. I just think that from a human perspective and from an emotional perspective, uh, people long to, to feel like you're just another normal human being, right? Yeah, and it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Like you can still have catalyst content that has perhaps some of your own story in it mm-hmm. and your own personal transformations and things like that. But if you looked at metrics, I, if you had to say what's the, what's a nice number, um, I typically look for a piece of catalyst content ideally going out each week. Mm-hmm. and personality content I, when I call personality content I call it like a day in the life of uh-huh. so a day in the life of is you might be out 
um, you know, at the beach today with the kids, but tomorrow you could be speaking at a conference. Mm-hmm. So is what's the snapshot of the day in the life? So um, the beauty is, is day in the life stuff does not have to be done every day. Mm-hmm. But if you've got your Catalyst content going out each week at least, if you're showing up most days on social, fantastic, that's great. Um, but even if you can't get to that each day, then at least if you've got your Catalyst content going each week is you've got some level of influence and positioning Mm -hmm. so that when you go to do sales calls and you reach out and building your community is that you've got some credibility. But Mm -hmm. people also want to know that, you know, that if you've got a bit of that day in the life of content, then um, you'll get that human connection and the balance and the marry up. Because if you've only got day in the life of content going up, Mm -hmm. then I, I remember I had someone that came to me who uh, and she put Dane the Life of Content up every single day. And I I saw it at a conference and I said, you know what, you and I have been connected a long time on Facebook, but I actually have no idea what you do. Right. I see you every single day. And she said, I'm a business coach. And I was like, really? I never knew that. So, mm-hmm. and it was because she just had personality content up every day. But mm-hmm. if she had a piece of, of catalyst content going out each week, then I might actually be able to send her some referrals. Right. But I, I had no idea, even after two years of being connected to her, I had no idea that's what she did. Right. So the the balance of being able to marry up the different types of content to make sure yeah. that, again, you're getting those credibility pieces while still infusing your personality behind it and still increasing that visibility to help leverage your credibility and authority is really, again, yeah. about it's, you know, I mean, you're towing a fine line yeah. to make sure that, again, that it's, it's there's a, um, like you said, a formula behind that, because I think, again, so often it's easy for people maybe to do personality content, but not the other. But again, the That's more fine. you do it, the easier it will become. And, so I guess my next question is, is what are your top kind of three business um, top, yeah, top three businesses or things that businesses can do now to start creating that kind of catalyst content that cuts the noise? Like what do you, what would you be suggesting if people are out there going, damn, yep, that's me. All I do is do personality or, oh, I'm always just giving, you know, a tip Monday, tip Tuesday, tip Wednesday. Yeah. Like what would, what are the top three things that businesses can start doing to creating that content to cut through the noise? Yeah, so the first thing I would do is make sure you're strategic about what you're creating and it aligns with what you want to sell and deliver. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, so in that case, let's say you're delivering, if, you're, um, if I'm a fashion business or a beauty business, what are the problems that people have with their skin or what are the problems that... You know, so really think about well, what are the what are the all the things I know about that. So let's, or even if you're, a, I don't know, a leadership expert, then what are ten things that you know about leadership? And like you said, Angela, you said people go, but do people really want to know this stuff? Don't they already know it? Or they say there's so much written about this out there. What could I possibly contribute? You know, they can just mm-hmm. Google it. Mm-hmm. But the trick is that they want to hear it from you. There's mm-hmm. only one of you and that's the version of that and that essence of you is what can't be replicated. Mm-hmm. So um, so the first thing is is just jot down, you know, and I typically get people to a list of 50 things. Imagine because that's going to be a blog each week, a yep. content and catalyst content each week. Right, tell me 50 things that you know about blah, about leadership, about skincare, about fashion, about whatever it might be. Then from there is... Um, uh, then what I do, so um, I put people into um, into boot camps and content clubs. So we put people into a room, and I make get them. I show them the formula of how to unpack it, and and what we unpack is a story, 
um, a metaphor, a key piece of research. And I, uh, the one thing that people get stuck on is research. And mm-hmm. you can actually find research very quickly if you can sort of, you know, have a go and once you learn how to do it. Um, because it was Aristotle who was the communicator's communicator and he said that you need to be able to reference people who who your audience admire, you need to be able to tell stories and you need to be able to do your research and provide evidence to support your claims. So if you can put those three things into a piece of content, we typically, I typically teach people how to do that in less than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's the second thing. If you said, well, what do you do with that? So the first thing is, is write down all the things you know. The second thing is to be able to create the piece of content and create it quickly. So most people take about an hour to do it the first time because they've never done it. But once they've done it, then we typically do it in 10 minutes. And then the third thing they need to do is leverage it. So mm. don't just let that single piece of content, you know, get put away and you go, oh, I have to go and create something else next week. Um, on average, most of the clients I work with, we typically will leverage one piece of content around between 30 to 40 ways, sometimes most up to around nine, nearly 100 ways. So with that one piece of content, it could be a video, it could be a podcast, it could be an interview series, it could be uh, a um uh, it could go on a LinkedIn post. It could go in. Um, it could go into a white paper. It could go into a chapter in a book. It could go into so many different things. So I really encourage people to think once and use often, and um, really repurpose what they've got. Because just because somebody, just because you know that it went in a newsletter last week, the person who's buying your book doesn't know that. Um, and it's not that you're you're not ripping people off or anything like that. You're just putting it into accessible formats of where different people can can access it. And if you can do that, because the reality was, was that I had someone, um, I get a lot of people who come to me and say, you're prolific. You create a lot of content. You've written seven books. How do you do it all? And I say to them, I have a confession. (laughs) And my confession is, is that I actually don't create a huge amount of content. Mm -hmm. Uh, I leverage each Mm -hmm. content to its potential is what I do. And I think that's super important because that's a piece that I, I know when I start speaking with my own clients about it is I'm like, listen, we need to really look at your content strategy and where, you know, where, what platforms and how are we going to utilize this? And they're like, yeah, but if I do it once, then, oh, it seems like a lot of work. And it's like, not if we can repurpose it, if we can turn it into something else. I, I know when my team and I were looking at our stuff over our socials over the last little while is mm-hmm. we were creating really great Instagram quality catalyst posts. Great. And okay. we were just doing shit over on our Facebook page to tick a box, right? It was like, right. oh, we posted this. So then what I said to the team is I said, well, listen, if we get ahead of the bank with our content on Instagram, there's years worth of content. Why are we not just repurposing that exactly. onto the other platforms? So now yeah. we're able to use Airtable where we're able to pull the content from Instagram. That goes mm-hmm. then into a queue. And then my team then know to schedule it two weeks after. Because yep. here's the thing is, you're lucky if 5% of your stuff gets seen in the algorithm. And yep. in my entire 10 years of writing copious amounts of content, no one has ever emailed me and said, I've seen this content piece too many times. Please don't par- don't share it again. Right? That's right. That's and so I'm... now that we've gotten a little bit more clever around that catalyst content creation in one platform and being able to redistribute it has been, do you know what I mean, a game changer for us. Because I sometimes I think we lose sight of that. Is I'm always yes. big about repurposing, but then it's like something new comes in and you get distracted. Like, hold on, we got to go back to the basics. I think yeah. sometimes we try and make things have more bells and whistles than are needed than just going back to the primary foundations, which is, again, utilize what's already in front of you. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's amazing what's there. And we even find for some people that they'll sort of get on this roll of new stuff and we go, hold on, you know, look at all this old stuff that's still there and it's still relevant. It, mm-hmm. Nothing's changed. Um, so it can still be reused. So I love that. I love that you're using. And I think even you mentioned, you know, the technology is looking into some of the tools like air tables and things like that where you can pull some of this stuff and get some automations and things in place so that you can make your systems really easy to do it. I also want to talk about leveraging because one thing that I'm very big on, especially with Facebook at the moment, is so many people are reliant on the social media side of things um, and utilizing and distributing and leveraging off of those social contents where I'm really big also about building your own ecosystem and building your own asset in your own race course. And so one of the things, and I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are, but it's not perfect, but we try every piece of either every podcast or every blog post, assuming that it's going up, is that we're then SEO optimizing it mm. for, for keywords, yeah. you know, alt text, SEO titles. And I know I'm getting a bit complex, but really in search engine optimization, which is, you know, SEO and how yes. people find you in Google, that if you're spending this time creating this piece, I call it almost spike marketing is mm. typically you will have a piece of content that goes out. You get viewers to it because you've obviously distributed it in marketing channels but then it goes away until you repurpose it again whereas I'm all about creating content and then optimizing it so that it's it's working for you 24 hours a day seven days a week and for me is is I like to leverage it by SEO optimizing it now you might not be able to SEO optimize all of yours but what you might do is Mm. hire an SEO specialist to come in every quarter tidy up all the pieces that you've done and then we I mean we're getting hits hundreds of hits every single month from those pieces of content because people are finding us um And then we've got a call to action in each of those pieces of content to then either get them on our email list or booking a discovery call. So then it also acts as our funnel. Is that similar to what your thoughts are? Spot on. Spot on. So I just get people, the main thing I get people is into a a, a cadence and a rhythm of of creating the content. And then the next thing we do is do exactly that is we say, okay, now what you've got to do is get it working for you. So you've, you've worked it as much as you can. And now what you need to do is, is handed over to their SEO experts. So whether it's they go through your website, whether they SEO all those videos, um, whatever it might be is, and I love your cadence of quarterly, I think that's brilliant, is mm-hmm. just to come in and go, okay, I just need to make sure. And you, so you don't have to be the SEO expert. Stay no. in your genius. Mm-hmm. Just keep creating the content and get them in to do that. And I love that, um, that you've got the spikes to just keep them moving. And uh, I always think about content as the start of the conveyor belt. So, you know, you've got to keep, what's the next step? Where are they going to move to from there? So if they're going into discovery calls and things like that, um, keep them moving (laughs) and not just let content out there. So that's perfect. Well, my thing is, is you spend all the time to create the catalyst content. And so if you get a thousand people reading that content, and you've got no way to carry the conversation on after. I'm just like, again, you've yeah. fallen flat on creating all this That's content. Right. I also yeah. think about this, the importance of like, you never know what's going to happen. Like, unfortunately, I talk about it often as, you know, my grandmother passed away on Christmas. My brother then passed away on Mother's Day. A father type figure oh. passed away on New Year's. And then uh, these oh. uh, this is about a couple of years ago. And then another uh, business friend passed away the same year. And, you know, a good best oh. friend of mine just died recently. So I've had an enormous amount of death. But oh. what I have found, though, is by creating a bank of quality content, that if I had to take a month off of podcasting, if I had That's to take exactly a month right. off of writing, if I had to do all of that, we would still have enough content to just keep repurposing. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's, a, 
I know people look at it as a short term. I look at it as long term and how it can benefit your business for those times of, do you know what I mean, unexpected deaths. So, you know, I think it's important that you can always continue to leverage these pieces more than what you already have. Oh, it's so spot on. And first of all, I'm so sorry to hear about, you know, what an incredible and difficult time to, because you need, you know, for a lot of business owners, things happen and you need space and you can't think about, you know, even running your business sometimes when you get hit with um, such traumatic, you know, news and things that happen or maybe you become unwell, touch wood, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, things like that can happen. And so you spot on is, is your content keeps you visible and it keeps you staying um, memorable and referable. Mm-hmm. So you can go and focus on what you need to do and look after yourself and do mm-hmm. some self-care or spend time with family, whatever it is that you need to go and do. And all your your content will be carrying the weight for you. Yes. So um, that's spot on. Yeah, absolutely. So then, no, I decided to think it's so important that it's a long-term strategy again. Uh, yeah. Short-term gain, yes, maybe. But, again, it's about the longevity of the business because we're not here just for a year or two, really. Most people are here no. for as long as they can be. So now for, you know, for those people that are out there like, okay, I'm probably doing a few things wrong. Uh, you know, you talk about being able to create content quickly. Jane, where can listeners find you if they're sitting there going, I'm going to need a little bit of help with this? Yeah. Um, feel free to jump on the website. So the website's jane-anderson.com mm-hmm. um, or jump on, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, reach out to me. Um, what I'm happy to do is shoot you a, um, a copy of Catalyst content, which I've just written. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can go out you can have a look at the process and start to think about and really look at well am I really optimizing my content and what you might even find is that you've possibly got some content there that you could even repurpose just to get started mm-hmm. and even then um, and then think strategically about what you want so yeah reach out to me I'm more than happy to shoot you that and um, yeah get you get you creating some catalyst content and less cat videos yes exactly <laughs> right now we'll listen my videos. final question yeah we won't ever cut the vlog <laughs> videos but we will cut the cat videos all right um, now my final question though that I like to ask everyone is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business oh what do I know now that I wish I knew what I know now that I wish I knew and I I thought I knew this years ago and I touched on it a little bit with um you know back with um, Sir Robert and back when I started and really understanding community and the dynamics of communities and how they work Mm -hmm. and I think you know, people really do want to feel like they belong somewhere. And I think as a business owner, really content and the reason why I get passionate about content is not just because about writing and and getting your ideas out there. It's about people need to feel like they belong somewhere. And as a business owner, you're the more that you can create a sense of belonging for your clients, mm-hmm. um, you know, and not just I got a, an email from somewhere I bought a puppy thing the other day and they said, you know, thankfully, you're now in our community. Um, uh, please, what did they say? Um, here's your loyalty card. A loyalty mm-hmm. card is not community. Community mm-hmm. is where you get to, your job is to lead a community. And if you can shift, what I learned is I needed to shift my mindset from a transaction mindset to a tribe mindset and then yes. a leader of a community. And if you can do that, and I wish I understood that a long time ago and I'm glad I know it now but I wish I'd just learn it quicker um, <laughs> then that is the 
absolute game changer if you can do that. And I totally agree. Again, when I talk about human to human marketing at different speaking events, as I talk about it, so often people are out there trying for the transaction, always the transaction. And I'm like, once you can identify that there's people behind these transactions um, who, you know, who families to feed, you know, whatever that looks like for them is that it's not, it's not chasing the transaction. Right. And it's, and so much goodness can happen, especially again, when you lead with love, you lead with heart, you lead with integrity and catalyst content can allow that to happen as you can lead in so many different ways um, in order to bring your buyers, you know, and that community on that journey. Yeah, And I also believe yeah. one of my quotes that I talk often about is conversations equal connections. And when you have conversations and connections, you ultimately will have conversions. That's but yeah, right. people are missing out on the conversations and people are missing the connections and then questioning why are they not profitable? That's right. I'm like, go That's back cool. to the basics. Yeah. So, yes. Well, no, thank you so much. And before we sign oh, off, I just you. want to remind everyone that my team and I will also be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And as I mentioned earlier, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it, especially over on Instagram. You can tag me at Angela Henderson, the consulting. You can also tag Jane at the underscore Jane underscore Anderson underscore. Um, and I'd also love for you to take a second to either subscribe to the podcast or leave a review. But for the rest of you, I hope you have a beautiful day, no matter where you are in the world. And thanks again for joining me and I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the business and life conversations podcast thanks again Jane have an awesome day thank you too Angela thanks everyone thanks for listening to the business and life conversations podcast with Angela Henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au